Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 36th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. But it's not only players that we interview, it's former managers as well. And we've got a manager from the the late 90s, uh, Colin Lee, managed the club from November 98 to December 2000. And prior to that, he was assistant under Mark McGee from December 95 to obviously 1998. Colin, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I mean, thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast, Colin. We really appreciate it as Wolves fans. Um, we always start by asking about your, your, your career, really, how you got into football um, and, and how it progressed before you got into management. So I believe you was an apprentice at Bristol City, wasn't you, Colin? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we. I was there at Bristol City, um, as you say, as an apprentice from sort of the age of 15 stroke 16. Um, signed professional forms there. I was sort of on the verge of getting into the first team and then I broke my leg, so it set me back. Um, and then I, I'd i been playing in the, the reserves, the, the old uh, combination league it was called. It was a really good league, actually. Yeah. And... Um, from the age of 16 I played in that and you know I, I was craving really for first team football so funny enough Torquay United um, contacted uh, Bristol City to see if they would allow me to come on loan yeah. um, and I jumped at the opportunity to play first team football because that's what I, ne- I felt I needed at that stage of my career so it was a little bit like coming home because I was obviously Born in, I was born in Torquay and lived uh, near the area, and my parents were still down here. Got yeah. So because Torquay you know, is your hometown, you know, it, is, it, that, it, is that who you supported growing up, Colin? Torquay. Yeah. yeah, I floated between Torquay and Plymouth. Really. Um, okay. It was yeah. Some weeks I would uh, you know follow Torquay and another and, and on the odd occasion would pop down to Plymouth. You know, I wouldn't say I was a, an ardent supporter, but. You know, I went to school in Torquay as well, so the whole thing was was sort of there, if you like. And yes. uh, so anyway, I came to Torquay, uh, and within six months, uh, I came down. And Frank O'Farrell, the old Manchester United manager, um, uh, was just retiring out of management, and, uh, and Mike Green, an ex-player, was taking over. Um, but it was Frank that I spoke to with Mike, and. Uh, in fact, Frank still lives in Torquay. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, and him and his wife, we, we got to know. Um, but he, anyway, we, we obviously signed for Torquay uh, on loan, and within seven to ten days, they were talking of a permanent deal. So um, I signed a permanent deal, and within six months, I was playing for Tottenham. <laughs> so it was... Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a, that's a huge move, a step up from obviously Torquay to Spurs, and uh, I believe it was October '77, and you had quite yeah. an interesting debut, didn't you, Colin? Yes, uh, you know it was it was um, I, I I obviously I've got I managed to score four goals on my debut, wow. and uh, and funny enough, it was against Bristol Rovers, uh, <laughs> and having left Bristol City, so brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was the first and only time that Tottenham were in the uh, what was the second division then, yeah. which would be the Championship now. Um, but we managed to get straight back up again, and funny enough, we got back up again on goal difference. So the nine nine nil thrashing of Bristol Rovers and my four goals on the debut obviously contributed towards that promotion. Wow! And then it was three years at Spurs. Then it was a, a successful move to Chelsea in terms of. You spent the, 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 the majority of your career for, for seven years. I mean, what was your time yeah. like uh, at Chelsea? Well, Tottenham was great. You know, Tottenham's a fantastic football club. Oh. Um, it had a, it had a, you know, when we were in the championship um, for that one season, um, I experienced something I'd not experienced before, and that was um, a, a, a a, a players a team meeting on a Monday morning uh, 
Right. Um, if we if we if we didn't win the Saturday game, whether that was home or away, if we drew the game or lost, that wasn't good enough for Tottenham. You know, so the standards were massive. Yes. You know. Um, so I had a great time at Tottenham. Um, I lost my way a little bit, to be honest, and uh, my confidence went a little bit. So, um, so it was a it was a hard decision, but a decision which I took and, and moved over to to to, uh, to Stamford Bridge, obviously to Chelsea. Yes. Um, Jeff Hurst was actually the manager of Chelsea at that stage, so wow. you know that had a big a big pull for me, really, because of of. Uh, Obviously, his career and the position he played, and the way that I played, so that that sort of you know made my mind up really to go over there. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Chelsea, you know, it's a it's a it's not just a a, 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 a fabulous football club, but they have got fabulous supporters. And I and I, I'm not going to just because I'm on this 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 interview with yourselves. There's a there's a there's a similar affinity with the Chelsea supporters as I had with the Wolves supporters. Great. And and those two sets of supporters for me have been the best set of supporters that I've I've ever played in or managed in front of or assistant manager or coached in front of. You know, right. and and um, they they they're just special. You know, they've got a special feel about them. I mean, we were going through a very very difficult uh, um, situation. Um, club-wise, both at Wolves and Chelsea when I was there. Yeah. Um, and the supporters were so strong and stuck together. Um, and I just I just felt that, I felt it at Chelsea and I felt it at Wolves, as if the supporters sort of understood the difficulties that, that I was facing as a manager and, and likewise as a player at Chelsea. So... Yes. Uh, and we got through it, you know. And, and um, uh, my time at Chelsea was 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 fantastic, you know. It, it uh, it's something. It, it's a club I still support. I still uh, I run a school down here for Chelsea, uh, a development school on a Friday evening. Uh, you know, we've got eighty kids under the age of thirteen down here. We've got uh, over twenty players young players in academy football both at exeter city and plymouth argyle wow um so it's 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 something i think people know that my passion was always coaching yes and uh you know i've got about i think i've got sort of uh, well i have i've got 10 coaches down here a physiotherapist uh an assistant manager who, who supports what i do and uh and chelsea fund it for me so it's brilliant uh, so, I mean absolutely brilliant you ended your career um, in, in professional football as a player at Brentford. Uh, you played from there, eighty-seven to eighty-nine. When you yes. when you retired, was it always the plan to go into management and coaching, and you know, or, or, or how did that materialise? No, that was my my passion was coaching. It, it, I was always going to go into um, youth football to start with, yep. um, which I did. Uh, um, I mean, at Brentford. Um, I'm proud to say that you know that was was and still is the most successful youth youth team they've ever produced. Wow! Um, that was the likes of Marcus Gale, um, yeah. Paul Paul Buckle, who became Torquay United manager when I was the chief executive there. Jason Cousins played for Wickham. I mean, I could reel them off. You know, yeah. they were. Um, I mean, we beat Manchester United in the semi final of the FA Youth Cup. You know, in the uh, quarter final of the FA Youth Cup. You know, yeah, with. With Bosnich in goal, uh, Lee Sharp playing, you know, <laughs> wow. it was it, well, was, it was a miracle, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it it, it 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 is, and it, it still is. It's a big passion of mine. I'm trying to mentor coaches now, you know, to to really to understand how how you coach. You know, I think a lot of people can go out and put a training session on, but there's there's, there's more to coaching than than just putting a training session on you know yes. you've got to get inside the players heads you know and you've got to you've got to affect them in a positive way and, and, and breed confidence into them and uh, we do that at our centre you know even with kids under six you know yes I mean I've just had a I've just had a boy I've had him since he was four years old uh, last week he signed for Plymouth Argyle you know, wow. under nine, uh, nine uh, under ten 
And you you must take a lot of so, uh, pleasure from that, Colin, in as much as you, you see the players develop and then you see them obviously get a career out of the game and it must give a real sense yes. of achievement. Yeah, I mean, we, we can we can talk about your Robbie Keane and your Julian Lascotts and yeah. your Lee Naylors and all them, you know, and, you know, we were... You know, we were we were instrumental in their, in in starting their career. You know, it's uh, you know I can remember probably Keeney was the most talented young kid that I've seen. To be honest, you know, I mean, I yeah. played with probably the greatest player I've ever played with is probably Glenn Hoddle. You know, uh, yes. but the, the player, the, the, the young natural player who who who, who to work to, who I've worked with uh, naturally is, is Robbie Keane. You know, I mean, he was. Um, an exceptional young kid who um, really just we just had to, to to nurture along you know it was when do we put him in when do we where do we play him because he's not a striker he's not a midfield player you know he, he, he's not really an out and out striker you know and Mark and I sat down and we were away I can remember it clearly we were we were in Scotland on a pre-season tour and it was Morris going, well, you know, I said, well, why don't we just play him in between? In between? What's in between? You know, because no one heard of that, you know. And that's what we did. And he, and he, he tore them apart up at Dundee, I think it was, we played. Um, yeah. And then he made his debut at Norwich, I think, and scored two goals. Oh, so, two, two worldies. Yeah. So Robbie was Robbie was the most natural, naturally gifted player who had a confidence, and not an arrogance, a confidence for a young kid um, and did things in, in in tight situations in around the eighteen yard box. I don't even at times I don't even know whether he knew what he was doing. Like, yeah. but it was just it was just exceptional, you know. I, I think there was there was a bit of rawness about Robbie Keane. He was almost a bit of a street footballer, you know. He, you could tell he wasn't coached um, in terms of you know he, he was a, a natural raw ability. And and like you said, yeah, he, he, he was playing in a bit of a number ten role really, and he and he did make it. Yeah, down. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what it is with with players is that you know you've, you've got to recognise in in someone like Keane who or Robbie who, who you know you 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 mustn't overcoach them you know because if you overcoach them you you create a robot and you create you know a fear if you like in some respect. Yes. Um, so it was it was very very. I mean, my job was to 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 to, to get this kid through uh, on the training field, work with him, but not. I could see that, and it, I did the same with Marcus Gale. Is you, you you cannot overcoach these kids. You've got to you've got to install confidence, and then you get the best out of them. Yes. Um, you you might give them a few pictures here and there, but overall they'll they'll work it out for themselves. You know, and, and when they work it out for themselves, they become better players. Yes. Um, and I think um, Julian Lescott was different. Uh, Julian was a big, strong, strong for his age, sort of. He was like a uh, a man or a boy inside a man's body at the age of sixteen, you know, yeah. seventeen. And so, what we did with, or what I did with him, uh, and and is we took him out of the youth team and brought him in with the first team squad. Yeah. And then when we signed Akin Bai, every time we finished the practice with a small sided game or something, I always used to say to Joe's, "Go and mark Akin Bai." Yeah. And of course, Akin Bai was a monster. Yeah, you know, big strong. unit. And and the, the 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 actual contest between them two was exceptional, and I I know for a fact and convinced that that was that was the development of Julian Lescott. Oh, I mean, obviously you you you've named some great players there. I just I just want to before we go on to the players, I want to I want to just yeah. rewind slightly. Now you was assistant to Mark McGee at Reading, um, yes. in, in a very successful period for Reading, then subsequently yes. Leicester. Then Wolves yeah. from, from '95 onwards. So, what was your relationship like with Mark McGee? I mean, it must have been strong for him to take you to, to sort of three clubs. Well, Mark and I were were uh, friends from youth. I mean, Mark was a, an apprentice with me at Bristol City. Yeah. Um, so we knew each other very well and got on really well. So um, when Mark came down to Reading, um, I was basically uh, in between jobs. Uh, found him and wished him all the best and he asked me to go over and see him basically and I did um, a few weeks later he phoned me and said where are you there's a there's a youth team job going here I went over and I think I took the youth team for about a week uh, he recognised what I was doing and immediately took 
me in with the first team and that was it yeah. um but we had a fantastic time together you know a fantastic relationship um it was a real shame that it ended at wolves you know because we had something special you know i understood mark and mark understood me you know and i'm not one you know if i've got anything to say i'll say it you know and and i'm not a number oh i wasn't a number two who was frightened to say anything and of just course. um go along with the manager if you like you know uh, if i didn't agree with something i wouldn't agree with it you know and, and i would say to mark i wouldn't do that i would do this yeah and we've sat in room we've sat in rooms on a uh, offices i should say on a thursday afternoon going on into the evening deciding on what we're going to do on team selection and what we're going to do the next day right. because obviously I had to put a session on to uh, prepare the team uh, tactically and uh, uh, for, the, for, for the Saturday game and anyway many times we'd gone away and Mark said well leave it with me leave it with me I understand where you're coming from and then we come back the next day and he'd say right I want to do this but We'll also do what you want to do with the other, yeah. and we'd, we'd 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 agree to agree, you know. And I yes. said, and we always had this understanding that whatever we agreed on, if one of those situations didn't quite work, no one else would know but us, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, we had a we had a great a great uh, partnership, and uh, you know, it, it 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 was probably well for me, it it, it was uh, really exciting and and. Uh, um, We'd, we'd obviously at Reading put together a team there that was was like clockwork. You know, it was, it was a fantastic football team. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your Michael Jokes, your Jimmy Quinns, uh, your Kevin Muscats, your, you know, the, um, not Kevin Muscat, sorry, I've got that one wrong. Yeah, um, no, no. You know, you know, your Darius Dovecheck, your A.D. Williams, yes. your, your Scotty Taylors, your I mean, Mickey a few of these Goodins, come to Wolves. Know? Um, in terms of yeah, your, your Scott yeah. Taylor, um, yeah, yeah. you know, etc. Yeah. Um, so, what was the dynamic like, um, Colin, in, in in the respect of on the training ground? Was it yourself doing the drills and and you know yes. doing the training sessions and Mark McGee really overseeing it all? And, and yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark uh, gave me the responsibility of doing all the training. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I put together all the training sessions. Um, Obviously, we discussed things at times, uh, but he he had full confidence in me, really, and and uh, the, the 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 training sessions were put together, and and uh, I delivered them, you know. So it was, um, and Mark would at times, if he wanted to make a point, and I would encourage him to make the points because coming from the manager, sometimes it was stronger, you know. So, yes. um, but. I mean, most of the time he would he would stand out on the side, and and uh, then then I'd go over and chat to him, and he would come in and make a point, and then I would I would execute that, you know, within the practice. So yeah, yeah, it, it was my responsibility to prepare the team for matches, and, and that's what I did. You know. And and you know how how did you you both come to hear about the job at Wolves, um, Colin? And was was it an exciting challenge? Well, we were we were obviously employed at Leicester City, and and uh, you know it, it it was a phone call, I believe, that Mark had from Jonathan Hayward at the time, yeah. and uh, uh, he phoned me and and uh, Mike Hickman, who was with us at the time, and uh, he said I've been approached by by Wolverhampton Wanderers. What do you think? Because he he wouldn't have he wouldn't have come to Wolves if we hadn't have agreed to come together. You know, okay. I think you know we we were. It was either all of us or not, or or, uh, or we weren't going, you know. So anyway, there was a. I think he notified Leicester City of the interest, and they called an emergency meeting. And uh, uh, we were called into this emergency meeting, and um, the meeting went went well, to be fair, because you know I, I, I still have a, a lot of respect for Leicester City. You know, again, a, a fantastic football club. Yes. Um, but we. We sat there and we listened, and there was a lot of promises, but there was no definites, you know. And, yeah. and sort of, we came out of the room, and, and Mark said, "Well, what do you think?" I said, "Well, you know, I, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, Mark, because you know it's it's a difficult one uh, because you know we're 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 second in the league, 
with Leicester City get, trying to get back into the Premier League I think we were um, and built a team there again or started to build a team and uh, it was what do you do you know um, anyway after sort of a, a, a brief discussion really I think I think it was it, well I'm pretty I, I know it was agreed that we we're going to jump in a car that was waiting for us and, and, and disappear <laughs> yeah that was that <laughs> it wasn't the best way of doing it in my opinion but, don't worry about uh, it <laughs> but it was like you know let 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 uh, let uh, Wolves and Leicester sort out between themselves and, and let's yeah. go and see what, what's on offer if you like and cool. funny enough the Funny enough, the meeting with Jonathan Hayward uh, took place at my house. Oh, right. Um, yeah, the, the stately home over at, uh, over near um, uh, uh, Litchfield. Oh, right. So, so were, you, yeah. were you living that way at the time then? Yeah, I was living that way, yeah. I, I bought a place there. I used to travel into training every day, um, which wasn't far because I, I used to leave early anyway. Um, and the training ground for Leicester was... was was that side of, of the town anyway so yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't any hardship um yeah so we we met at our at my house and uh mark i think mark spoke to jonathan and, and the deal was done basically yeah. brilliant now obviously first season 95 96 second season uh well effectively your first full season wolves got to the playoffs and lost i mean Colin, how, how yeah. difficult was that in terms of you can see the hard work you're putting in, he's getting results clearly to get to the playoffs. And look, as Wolves yeah. fans, you know, it was the holy grail to get to the to get to the Premier League or you know, the, the yeah. top flight then at the time. How how difficult was that to take? That's that's really tough, you know, it's it's, it's um especially the way that we we uh well we felt we were for the want of a better word, which I'll, <laughs> I, I just felt we were cheated, you know. Um, That's fair you know, I think, yeah, I think, I think, you know, if I'm, I'm going to be um, honest as, as, as I can be, you feel as if you, you know, you, you did enough to win the game, but certain decisions went against us, yeah. and uh, that's tough, you know, really tough. If you get, if you get beat by a better team, and you know, you get beat two, three, four nil or something, and, and then you've got to say, well, you know, we weren't quite ready. You know, we were, we weren't, you know, we'll learn from that experience and we'll use it. Um, but we went so close to, 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 to getting, getting through to the, to the uh, final that, you know, it's tough, very, very tough and, and still gripes me now, to be quite honest. And, and, but from your point of view, Colin, it was, it was an achievement just to get to the playoffs really wasn't, you know, in, in your full season oh. working together. Yeah, without any shadow of a doubt, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, we could see that the team was developing and, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was easy. You know, it, it was uh, initially, I can remember initially that, you know, the the there was money available to spend and, and uh, eventually that became tougher. So, uh, yeah. you know, I think it, it was a, I think it was a good achievement. In, if you took everything into account, what had gone on, and obviously you can't go, I can't think of everything uh, that, that was going on in the background then, but it wasn't as plain sailing as everyone thought it was going to be. And, and therefore it made the job more more difficult. And at times when, when there's not the support there that's needed at times, yes. then it takes longer, let's put it that way. You look, know, it, 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 I mean, what was your relationship like with Sir Jack? Because we, you look, the... the the funds and the, the, the money that, that Sir Jack and the, the Hayward family put into the club was just astonishing. And there was oh, a lot yeah. of focus on the ground and we got we had this fantastic stadium. It was all set for the for the for the top flight and, and you know, we always seemed to fall at the final hurdle. But what was your relationship like with Sir Jack? Well when when Mark left and I took over the job, um, obviously that was really difficult. Um, because they basically they they the truth behind it all was that we both had contracts and they decided to get rid of Mark but they wanted to keep me right now that was now that was really difficult of because, because we, you'd we'd been, been with a partnership for so long yeah. yeah so I could I can clearly remember helping Mark pack it pack the boxes and the, the black bag 
bags, if you like, the, oh the bin bags, and that's what usually happens. You just <laughs> chuck it in there and get the hell out, yeah. And I, and I went, I went, I said, Mark, you know, I'm not in a position financially just to, to like, they were obviously they'd agreed to pay Mark what they owed him, and there yeah. was an agreement done, as far as I'm aware. Um, but I hadn't have had that conversation, so I didn't know where I stood. And then I said to him, I can't just get up and go because if I get up and resign, I get nothing. Yeah, and I wasn't in a position because I had a mortgage to pay, children yeah. to look after, etc., etc. you know? So I, he said, no, it's all right, it's all right. So I, I went back with him up to his house and sat with his, his wife and, and that and said, look, Mark, it's really difficult. What the hell do I do? He said, well, if they're offering you a job, just do it, you know? He said, I ain't got a problem. And I said, well, it's... I said, I don't want to really do it this way, but I ain't got a choice, yes. you know? Um, and I think... Especially if you're uh, living in a stately home, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> they don't so pay I, for themselves. <laughs> no, that's true. So then I took, then I sort of left and, and took the job on, and I think we went to Bristol City and won about 5-0 or whatever it was. 6-1? Six, six I mean... 6-1, six, six was it? Yeah. Yes, so you've yeah. you got the caretaker... I was going to come to that. you got the caretaker manager's job, and... Pretty much first yeah. game in charge. We we thrashed Bristol City away six one. David Connolly scored in four. I bet you thought this yeah. this management log's easy. Well, what I did is I I didn't take the credit for that game. You know, I I, I tried to to put the 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 praise back to Mark because obviously it was his team or our team really. But you know, he was the manager. It just you know obviously lost his job and yes, to be sat at home and see a team do that it must be destroying for anyone you know and um so i i i, I was obviously had to be you know at the press conference it it, it it wasn't me it was mark and the and the guys had done it for mark you know and i and i and i felt that way to be quite honest you know yeah. it, it it was a reaction um to say you know thanks gaffer but you know it, it, it's a game too late sort of thing um because yeah. if he had been in charge for that game and, and the same thing had happened then it might have been different you know but it wasn't so but you know i went i, I made a for, for about six to eight weeks because you're getting grossed into the job yes. i hadn't spoke to mark and then i tried to phone him and and uh, spoke to his wife and unfortunately um, he wouldn't take the phone call, and it 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 it, it sort of it, it was really tough, you know. Wow. Uh, and and um, we we lost our our way really, and uh, that's a shame. And then sort of eventually within the game, uh, managing teams, I came up against Mark once or twice, and and we said hello and we spoke, but it, it you know there was that underlying. Um, sort of feeling, if you like, which which was wasn't right, you know. And then the trouble with things as well is when things happen like they did, you've got other people behind the scenes uh, poisoning Mark's mind, you know. And 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 I've been in the situation where you know you get the sack and you 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 try to deal with it as professionally as you can but then you tr you start looking especially when when it's the first time it's happened to you 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 start looking at, at, at uh, excuses if you like and the reasons and you try to blame other people and i think i think i was the one who suffered that blame if you like you know and what's your um, relationship like with mark now colin i don't speak to mark uh we've we've lost sort of our contact really um oh, wow. I don't think there's any there's any real I don't feel any animosity at all. Of course. Oh, you know, I, I, I really don't feel you know, I would I'd welcome into my house at any time, you know, of because we, 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 we had fantastic career, you know, together yeah. and uh I mean our, our boys are both called Mark, funny enough, and uh, they got on really, really well. Um it was like a, a family within a family, really, to be quite honest, you know, and... and uh, Look, the reality and, uh, is, Colin, the reality is, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. When when Mark sadly got dismissed by Wolves, if you'd have got yeah. dismissed as well with him, your contract's yeah, paid yeah. up, it's a different story, then you're free to take yeah. another job, etc. Now, the reality is, you resign, uh, and, you know, you, you've obviously got your mates back, etc. I get it. But you resign, you've got no money. Who's going to pay your mortgage? Who's going to pay you? And yeah, you're still a working yeah. man at this point, Colin. Um, yeah, without any shadow of a doubt, yeah. 
No, I mean, and, and, and obviously the, the, the team I took over, we, you know, to be honest, you know, when I took on the job, it was it was, it was was going to be a tough job, you know, and, yeah. and as, as we say, you know, getting to the uh, playoff, on the verge of the playoffs and uh, the Bolton game still sticks in my mind, you know, yeah. um, where, you know, in fact, I, I was I was sent off as the manager because the decisions against us were so bad. Um, and then I had I, I was I was taken in front of the FA for a hearing because, um, and then discovered that you know the referee on the day was actually a Bolton Wanderers supporter. Wow! You know, and and I'd wow. found this out, and and the whole thing just didn't ring right for me, you know, and and. Um, as I said at the start of the interview, if I've got anything to say, I'll say it. And, of course, some, I mean, some, some, I mean that cost that, me my job at Wolves, to be honest with you. But how can at that the happen end of in modern day, day football, where where a referee is is refereeing a match, which involves you know, it's like me refereeing a Wolves match, flipping out, I'll give us every decision. It's, it's well, just, this is what I, this is, this is the point I tried to make, but you know, I was reprimanded by the FA and, and everything else. So wow, um, but it, it 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 was a you know and. and and whenever we 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 uh, we had that referee, it was you could tell that you know he he couldn't look me straight in the face. You know, it, uh, you know, I mean that's water under the bridge, but you know we're having a, an open conversation. Yes, and that's the way I feel. You know, and, and uh, uh, it, it was it was a, a real real. That was probably the biggest disappointment I experienced. Okay. You know, uh, one one memory which sticks in. Um, the, the, the memory of all Wolves supporters is the, the semi-final versus Arsenal at Villa Park. I was there in 97-98. So Jack's dream, more than anything, more than to get to the Premier League, was to lift the FA Cup. And yes, yeah. Arsenal was always going to be a tough ask in a semi-final. But I believe we had a team good enough to win on the day. Now, look, I'm obviously not pointing fingers, Colin, obviously. You know, what's no, water no, the bridge. No. But for Wolves fans, we got there full of hope and optimised, you know, uh, uh, as optimists. And we yeah. got Robbie Keane and Steve Bull on the bench, and yeah. it had been opted to, to to play Steve Claridge up front. Now, listen, I'm not pointing any fingers at Steve Claridge. You know, he was a no, proven no, goal no. scorer over his career. But what was the thought process behind that, Colin? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I, to be honest, I can't remember, and that is the honest. Of course, um, I can only assume that the there was a game plan where we played it very, very tight. Yeah, and then we unleashed the 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 the, the, uh, the surprise, if you like. Of course. Um, so it it might have been to do with a um, the. I, I, I really don't know. If I could tell you, I would tell course, you one yeah, million percent. Look, but, Colin, I, uh, I can only assume that when we looked at the Arsenal team and we thought if we go too open in this game too early, yes, then uh, we're going to we're going to get stuffed. You know, we, we, we'll we'll end up, um, you know, not giving ourselves the best chance yeah, uh, because yeah. that's how you plan for every game. You know, how can we win this game? You know, do we start with two strikers, one striker? Do we go four at the back five, whatever? You know, yeah. uh, and I can only assume that tactically, we we had a plan where we had plan A to start with, which went into plan B, C, and D, because we usually had at least uh, three or four different plans yeah, yeah. prior to any game. You know, so um, I can only assume that there was a plan within that. Um, uh, selection program, um, which eventually would see us unearth the two up front. Um, if I sit, sit here now and think, why the hell didn't we play Bullen Keane? <laughs> then, then I would say we play them. You know what I mean? Look, because look, for the benefit of hindsight, you know, and look, the reality is this: you and Mark McGee wanted to win that match more than anyone. Yeah, yeah, you wanted yeah, to get yeah, to an yeah. FA Cup final. You wanted to win an FA Cup. That's the pinnacle of a manager and a player's career. Um, yeah. And look, yes, we're dumbfounded at the time, and we still are with with team selections, etc. But yeah, I think then we it just seems so close, and and especially when we only lost one nil on the day, you think you you, you then yeah. do look back at it and think, hang on a sec, we yeah. we could have beat these. Yeah, I think maybe maybe if 
no one will know, but maybe if we'd went the other way, we could have lost 3-0 on the day. Who knows? Yeah. But but I, 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 I can really understand where you're coming from because at the end of the day, you're in a semi-final and, uh, you know, is it, for the want of a better word, shit and bust? You know, is it, is it yeah. like, just go for it, you know? Um, but when you're involved in it and when you're looking at the opposition and you're looking at a top, top football club with a top team yes you know you look at the tactics now in football and, and with the greatest respect sometimes it's so boring because both teams are frightened of each other cancel each you know, other yeah they just drop off to the halfway line and, and, and uh, cancel each other out yeah now I think that probably and I, I I'm probably right in saying this probably our plan was to do what I've just said yes but at the right time, unleash the 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 uh, or take the gamble, if you like, um, and maybe that I mean maybe it was the wrong thing to do because I, I can remember we didn't really play as well as we can play on that day. Yeah. Um, and maybe that selection, and, and, and of course I'm far more experienced now. Uh, <laughs> may, uh, you know, maybe that selection put a bit of fear into the team. You know, into the team that was selected by. by by saying, well, you know, we're 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 going to play one up front. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah. Um, whereas we've not done that in previous games. So maybe psychologically that affected our team as well on the day. Um, but we'll never know. You know, of we'll course. never know. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And uh, if I had, the, if I could choose um, two strikers uh, to play in any game. Uh, at Wolves, they would be probably Robbie Keane and, and, and Steve, and Steve Ball. Ball. I mean, look. or John Richards or someone you know <laughs> of that stature. Exactly you know, that. Mean, so, you know. Exactly. That. I mean, look. The reality is, um, Colin, you, you, you was manager of the club from November '98 to December 2000. Yeah. Seventh place finishes. We missed off in yeah. '98-'99 by three points to the playoffs yeah. and two points uh, in '99-2000. Now. Once again, as a manager, look, the playoffs are a cruel way of going up. Uh, no, sorry, yeah. a cruel way of staying down, I should say. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow, but it's even harder when you're finishing seventh. Yeah, well, the Bolton game was the one, you know, the Bolton game away when we could have gone into the playoffs. It was between us. It was between us and Bolton, wasn't yes, it, on yes, that day? Yes, yes, And that, 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 that was the game I was thinking about, actually. I'm getting a little bit mixed up oh, here. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was the game that... that, that uh, hurt us the most uh, because we felt as if we were we weren't given the, the decisions completely went against us on that day and um yeah i'll never forget that really it was it was it was really really sad for everyone oh. um but what 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 everyone needs to know really is that during my time of of management there was so much going on behind the scenes you know the okay. you, you have to uh, and then all of a sudden there was no money um, my bu my budget was you've you've got to produce your own budget. Um, we were sell, like sell we started yeah. well we started that I think it was the second season like and got beat at Warsaw I think and we were th we were like third from bottom or somewhere you know what I mean yeah. I mean there was a hell of a lot of pressure going on but there was no money the power strings had been uh, tied and knotted and uh, and then there there was a behind the scenes there was. Uh, eventually a fallout with Jonathan and Sir Jack and yes. and, uh, and then John Richards left and you know there was a complete change around but before that happened there was no money available and yeah. we were we were near the bottom of the league and I was the manager at a, a big club with with very passionate supporters I think all supporters are passionate but there was this feeling of something special there um, how the hell do I manage this situation? You know, uh, look, I think Wolves. We've got a. Uh, Go on, sorry, Colin. Yeah, it Wolves, you know. And, no, and, and then I'm just sort of looking. Such a huge expectation at the club, and, and when you're manager yeah. and you're the, the pivotal focus and point, sadly, it's it's you where, you know, fans, to, to be honest, sometimes don't want to know that there's financial problems or there's no money or there's this, there's that. No. Just no, no. sadly lays no. at the feet of the manager. Yeah, I did try to be as as open as I could uh, with the supporters because yeah. I, I feel that supporters should know what's going on at their club. 
Yes. And there's too many times when supporters don't know what's going on at their club, so then they start pointing the finger at the individuals or whatever. Um, so I tried to, to, to uh, as best I could, uh, try to involve the supporters in, in their football club to give them as much information as I could to let them know what was going on at their club because I had a list of players which I wanted to sign. Who like? And then, you know, and then, the, and then there was a, uh, then I, then I was told you weren't allowed to sign players over the age of 30. Right. And we weren't allowed to sign, um, I think at one stage it might have been we weren't allowed to sign any foreign players after the um, signing of, I think it was, there was a centre-half, blonde, long hair, um, who was a bit of a disaster. Right. And I, uh, Not for us, it was prior to us. Right. Uh, but anyway, I know when I took over, there was no players under the age of 30. There was, uh, and there was no, there was no uh, finances available. And, because um, I wanted to sign Dean Windass. Right. And Dean Windass was 30. Yeah. And I couldn't sign him because he was over 30. Wow. So I signed George and Dart instead. I mean, to be honest, I was going to talk about your signings. You made some great signings. George and Dart. Well, Great. Well, we, what I had to do, I had to make a, a an unbelievable decision to build a team because I had no cash. And yes. the only way I could do that is to sell the most saleable asset. Which was And that Mr. was Robbie Keane. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only way, and that was the only reason that Robbie Keane left Wolverhampton Wanderers. And, and, and Robbie Keane... Um, Middlesbrough approached us for Robbie Keane... Um, Robbie wasn't too keen on going to Middlesbrough but he went up there and spoke to him and come back and said no I don't really want to go there yeah. um, Robbie Keane uh, was very interested in signing for Aston Villa believe right. it or not right. and he said to me you know if, if, if you could do the deal with Villa I'd go there so um, John Gregory was the manager at the time um, and um I can remember receiving a phone call and I said, look, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not dealing with this. The board and John Richards was the chief executive at the time. Yeah, yeah. But I can tell you, John, and um, I'm trying to think now, the chairman, his name escapes me. Um, at, at Coventry? No, it's at uh, Aston Villa. Um, Doug, Doug Ellis? It, it, Doug Ellis. So yeah. Doug phoned me. And, it, and uh, he said, Colin, we, we, we'd like to, to buy Robbie Keane. So yeah. I said, oh, I said, I, I, I can tell you now, Doug, that I said, uh, Robbie's very, very interested in coming to Villa. I said, he's been to Middlesbrough, but it's out of my hands. But I'm going to tell you now, the club will not take a penny less than £6 million pounds for him. Yeah. So he said, well, I'll speak to John. He came back and they offered £5.5 million. Yeah. And I said, no. I said, I can tell you now that they will not take that. I'll ask, but they won't take it. I said, and... and it's not for me to deal with this. You need to speak to John Richards. Yes. Um, I then, I was. At, I can remember, I, I, I know exactly where I was actually in Litchfield at the time. And I had a phone call and John said, uh, Kingy's going to Coventry. I said, Coventry? <laughs> I said, you're joking. Where's that you know? come from? I said, that's ridiculous. And I said, he's, he said, we've agreed to six million. I said, well, I said, I can't believe he's going to Coventry, you know. Anyway, the rest is history. So he went off to Coventry. I looked at all the players that I names I put together and fees I'd sort of looked at and thought, right. So I've created my own purse. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to spend it wisely because we're like third from bottom. Yes. We need to get up this game in league. You know. And, you, and you've sold your best player, uh, which was the player yeah. really. He was building yeah. the team around. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I had no choice. No choice. You know. And and. Uh, as you were saying, you know, you got your and uh, your Michael Branches, your yeah. Adi Akinbaes. Um, I just want to interject here. Adi Akinbaes, three point five million pound, I think was an absolute snip. He was on fire. He was scoring yeah. goals. They yeah. were coming off the back of his head. He, you know, he, he, yeah, yeah, such yeah. a powerful player. And another one who's a bit of a cult hero at Wolves. And where you found this player from, I've got no idea, Colin. Ludovic Polly. Yeah, Ludovic Polly's a. Uh, he's still a friend of mine now. Um, 
I met him in France uh, two years ago, but we still keep in touch through social media and stuff like that. Ludovic Polly was probably pound for pound the best player I've signed, um, not just as a player but as a person as well. You know, a, a fantastic. Um, and I'll tell you how I got Ludovic Polly. I was sort of it was brought to my attention uh, that there was I wanted a centre half. You know, we. But I wanted someone who could sort of. They didn't need to be fantastic on the ball, but that you know, defender. I needed yes. someone to defend. You know, old-fashioned. Yeah, and and um, what it was is I, Keith Curl had re- had retired because you know Keith had gone through a season really struggling with his knee and stuff, and and could only play and not train and stuff. So Keith came out of it, and I. I to sign on a free transfer uh, the boy Williams from Coventry. Um, the winger? And I, sorry? Uh, which, sorry, who, sorry, from Coventry? The, the Williams, the centre-half. Oh, right, sorry, um, yeah, 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 sorry. And he was their captain, I think, at the time, and he was out of contract, and um, I could get him on a free transfer, basically. Yeah. Uh, but his wages were steep. And and uh, I went in front of the board and said, "Look, you know, I, I'd like to sign uh, the boy Williams from Coventry. Um, his wages are high, but there's no fee. So if you could take that into account, it averages it out. You yes. know. Anyway, it was turned down. Um, so I thought, well, you know, you know we haven't got a centre out. What we got to do here? You know. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway." I had this uh, phone call about Polly, and um, so I thought, right, okay, who can I speak to? And I, I phoned. Uh, funny enough, I phoned uh, Arsenal yeah. because I knew that I knew that uh, Arsene Wenger would know of this player. Yeah. Um, and Pat Rice was a friend of mine who we'd come up against in youth football. Uh, Pat, Pat, and I, and we stayed in touch. So I phoned Pat and I said, Pat. I said, there's a player being brought to my attention, a boy called Ludovic Polly. Um, could you check him out with the gaffer for me? And he said, well, funny enough, he said, he's here now. So he, <laughs> he spoke to Arsenal Wenger whilst on the phone, and Wenger went, oh, for, for Arsenal? No, 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 no. But Polly, uh, for maybe lower, yes, uh, a warrior, warrior, blah, blah, blah. Also. <laughs> So he came back on, he said, did you hear what he said? He said, I said, yeah. I said, it's not, obviously it's not for Arsenal, it's for us. Yeah. Does he think that will fit the bill? He said, well, leave it with me, Colin, he said, because I've got like, this guy who was, they called him the dictionary, and he was the dictionary of every single player, more or less, in, in France and everything else. He knew everyone. Wow. So he came back and he said, Polly, uh, he'll go for a brick wall for you, basically. He's, he's a real warrior he's this and that not quick enough for the Premier League for Wenger for the for where we want to go but blah 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 so that I said fine so I I went over to France um, met the agent um, and the chairman of Le Havre and uh, basically between us we did the deal and it was I think it was 125 grand you know? I mean what a, there's a player <laughs> Who and I always say this about these sorts of plays. He come off the pitch covered in blood, battered, bruised. Oh, if, if, if the yeah. ball's about to go across the line, he'll put his head between yeah, the, the yeah. you know the boot and the ball. He was like you said, an absolute warrior. And where you found him from, Colin? Once again, fans still talk about him now. Um, what a player! Yeah, I say we're like, like out of all the players I've ever worked with. Um, we're still in touch, you know, we still, we still, and he's actually a coach now at, at uh, Cannes um, and and doing a good job. He's like the youth development person right. there who coaches as well. Yes. Um, and he met, I met with him a couple of years ago in, in Cannes and we'd, he was just taking on the job and he, he asked my advice on certain things and, uh, you know, how, how to go about. And I said, you know, you've got to be yourself, Ludo, you know, you've got to, You've got to install what you've got inside you into your players, yeah. and, and 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 basically you've got to have staff around you who have got the passion that you've got, you know. Um, and he's still got that passion, you know. He's still got that, that in the job he's doing. You'll never, you'll never 
he'll never lose that, you know. And, has, and, has he still uh, got a bandage round his head, Colin? <laughs> he's still got his eyes swollen up and his nose broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Ludo. Um, I mean, yeah. another one as well, Michael Branch. Um, yeah, it, Branch, it, it's yeah. sad to see what's happened off the pitch with Michael in recent times, yeah. which, is, which is very, very sad. But once again, what a talent he was at Everton. Came to Wolves. We all remember that game versus Forrest as well when he upset Dave yeah. Besant. Um, yeah. And I don't think he did that intentionally, did he? Um, no, he's not that type of guy, really. No. Uh, Branchy was electric pace, you know, and his biggest problem was um, it's like most players with that pace is you know, he got injured quite often, you know, because, you know, when you've got that pace, your hamstrings and stuff like that, you know, change the direction. Yeah. But he was he was so quick and, you know, with Akin buying him up front, um, if a team defended too high, they were in trouble. You know what yes. I mean? And, and and also, you know, we 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 played a system also where we got crosses in as well, which Akinbaya was good at. You know, so um, yeah, we we'd started to build a team, and, and the team started to become exciting. And I think it would have taken quite a while because obviously financially we weren't strapped money, you know, at that time, and therefore it was a case of developing and and seeing how this youth came about, you know, whether we could find another one. Um, so it, 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 it was time needing, really, which supporters don't like sometimes, do you know what I mean? Well, look, we're all so impatient it, and frustrated easily. Yeah, so it's it sort of, that's why I think that, you know, if if people are more open and, and, and honest with your supporters, yes. they can understand the situation the ones who don't want to understand it you're never going to change anyway but yes you know if you've got supporters if you say to supporters look sorry we just can't spend any more money i mean this this uh, uh coronavirus situation we're all facing now yeah um people will have to be honest with their supporters because yeah. if they're not then the supporters get frustrated. Some of these football clubs could go out of existence. You know what? They have to you know. know the parameters that you're working up against. Yeah. But the problem is when you manage Wolves at the time you did, if you'd have come out and said, look, the board, you know, the Hayward family have said, I've got no money, I think your days yeah. might have been pretty much numbered. Yeah, you've got to be a little bit, um, what can I say? PR savvy. Um, Cute. You have, yeah, yeah, you have, because... You know, I didn't want to put any blame on Sir Jack Hayward, you know, because um, he, as, as we've said before, Sir Jack, who I had a really good relationship with, and, um, you know, he, he, he put in so much money. Yes. I think it was more to do with um, what was going on behind the scenes between Jonathan and, yes. and everything Agreed. else, you know. I don't think it was anything to do with me, you know. I oh, think, not at all. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, I, 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 I've got, the greatest respect for Sir Jack Hayward, you know, and, and uh, you know, he, 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 if you like, he welcomed me into his home of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yes. And it was the fun, most fantastic experience I've ever had. You know, it was brilliant. I you mean, know, and, and, Colin, uh, the, the, the 2000 and 2001 season, which was your final season in terms yeah, of, um, yeah. you, you, you sadly got your contract terminated in, in yeah. December. Which I suppose, actually, you get paid up, so, you know, you didn't resign. But the reality is, um, how hard is that to take? Because there was two seventh-plate finishes. We'd had a bad start to the season, but did you feel, yeah. A, we could turn it round, and B, how 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 disappointing was it to take? Um, I think if we start from the beginning where uh, the loss of... Uh, the, the loss of uh, John Richards really was a big loss to me. You know, John okay. and I worked very very closely together as chief executive manager yeah um fantastic guy uh great guy you know wolves through and through um and the way he was treated was for me not correct you know um yeah. you know there was there was a blame put on the robbie Keane transfer because there was no sell-on clause put in and we when he went to milan but, but uh, the reality is, Colin, yeah. just, just, I, I completely agree there, but let's just say yeah. he got sold to Inter Milan for 11, 12, 13 million, yeah. whatever it was. The reality was it would have been a couple of million quid, and, and the, in years gone by, we'd, we'd wasted that anyway. So I can't really see how yeah. they can, how anybody can point fingers at the, the, the second club top goal scorer in our history. No, I know. not having yeah. a sell on clause on Robbie Keane. No, uh, John was John was a great guy to work with, you know, and and uh, you know a family man, you know, yes. someone who wanted wanted success more than anyone, of course. Uh, as we all did. 
Um, so that was, that was the start of it, really. Um, and to say that myself and Jez Moxie didn't get on is probably an understatement. You know, <laughs> Come because... on then, Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't well, get on then. Uh, let's put it this way: we don't exchange Christmas cards. Um, <laughs> right? No, he's 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 not my cup of tea, you know, and, and was never going to be. And, and yeah. unfortunately, I was I was inexperienced then. I would have dealt with it in a different way now. Yes. Um, but you know, I was I was under enough pressure without you know um, there was another agenda, you know, and, and uh, I just. You know, when when Akinbai was sold under my nose, yeah, um, and then it was publicised that I'd agreed to it and everything. Yes, yeah, um, so you were chucked under the bus. That was rubbish. You know, it was, and I went on the radio to say that you know that was untrue, and that was the end of my my time at Wolves because <laughs> I went on to a live radio station to to say that what was being said was not true. I was protecting myself, of but. Course. I did it in the wrong way, really, because, you know, I should have had a meeting, called a meeting and, and gone through it. But I was so angry, disappointed, uh, under pressure, and sometimes you react the wrong way under pressure. Uh, yeah. and, and I have to hold my hand up in that respect. But Well, I think, um, Colin, you coming out and doing that, really, um, if you hadn't have done that... All you're doing yeah. really is, is tempering everything inside, and nothing's getting sorted, and you're no. still the scapegoat, and you, you're going to get sacked anyway, really. You know. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how how, how can you know how can you sell an asset without the manager approving it? All right, you can if you sit down and you go through it properly. We need to do this. We need to do that. Whatever, yeah. fine. Um, but Akinbai was sold. Um, how am I going to replace him? I had I had no plan in place to replace him so therefore it's another wedge in my coffin because we're, we're, we're not going to get results now because you've just taken away one of our valuable assets and it's not All right. if you, if, like you said if you've got a target colin if you've you know you're selling adi akin by eight and yeah. you've got for example, Dean Windass or whoever lined up. It's not yeah, such a. Yeah. When all of a sudden you haven't got that. No, and then you and then what you end up doing, which is something I learned really at Wolves uh, through this period is then you panic buy and you should never ever panic buy yeah. you know you should shelve it deal with it and then get the right person and I got the wrong person uh, but it because I panic buyed but the point the point Who I'm making panic buy? sorry Colin if you don't uh, mind Taylor out. wasn't it Taylor was it from <laughs> well, well, Robert Taylor, Robert well, Taylor he had yeah. a good goal scoring record before he yeah, got he to did. Wolves yeah. yeah I looked at that and I thought Right, I need someone straight, you know, and bang, bang, bang. But the point was, was yeah. that um, that I wasn't in agree agreement with it, and it was publicised that I wasn't in agreement with it. And I don't tell lies, so and I'm not having someone tell lies about me. I don't care, I don't care whether it's uh, Jez Moxie or or the Queen. I don't care. You know, right. I'm not having people say things about me that's not true. Um, and that's the way I am, you know, and, and I, I'm still like that now, you know, I'll never change that. Who was uh, but it that... I wanted to be, I wanted to be honest with the fans, you know. And who was it that sacked you, Colin, and, and how did you find out, how was it really dealt with? Uh, well, Moxie uh, took me into my office and he sort of had a little, little smirk, <laughs> like, and he said... So you started packing one... your bags? <laughs> no, but what... This is true now, right? And no one knows this, but right, okay. I will tell you because I've got nothing to lose with it. But he said to me, he said, I've, I've obviously, you know, things have like gone sour sort of thing. But he said, before I say anything, he said, I've got to say, you've got the biggest pair of bollocks I've ever known any manager. <laughs> any, you've got some bollocks, he said. I said, well, what I don't like is lies. Yeah. I will never, ever to the day I die, put up with that, what happened. I said, it's not true. And he said, well, you know, I've got no option. We, we've obviously going to have to part our ways and we'll do it properly, which, and all, said all the right things, which yeah. ended up not being done properly because no. we got into a dispute over it through the LMA and stuff. But eventually it was sorted out. It wasn't long and drawn out, but again, it was a, a situation that was avoidable but 
perhaps it was a situation where you know he wanted to try and get something back on me I don't know but um, he he's, he's just not my he's just not my type of person and then I sat back and uh, Kennedy from Liverpool who was on my list of players who I wasn't allowed to sign Alex Ray was on my list of players who I wasn't allowed to sign all of a sudden they all came in Dave Jones you know, yeah um, and Dave, I met with Dave um, when he got the job and he asked me about the club and uh, I told him it's a fantastic football club, you know, great tradition. Um, but then the purse strings were untied and away he went, like, yeah. you know, and Dave did it, you know, Dave sort of uh, took advantage of that situation very well, I must uh, say. I was going to say, what, once, once Dave's got money to spend, because we've had Dave on the podcast and once again... His interview was as open and as honest as yours, Colin. But it's 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 yeah. it's it's, it's uh, it seems you know that, that all of a sudden we've got promoted um, via yeah. the playoffs. But you yeah. know that, that, that the money was there, and it's such a shame, Colin. That that you know, and sometimes look if they've got their if they know they're going to get rid of you, sadly, and I hate the word sacking and etc. Yeah, yeah, they, they are yeah. going to tie the purse strings, aren't they? That that you know. That, yeah, I think what it was was I think. You know the the so, uh, I keep going back to it, but I think that Jonathan Hayward was having problems within the family, yeah. And then Rick Hayward came in, and yeah. the biggest you know the biggest uh, thing with Rick, he he didn't know even the shape of a football. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> in fact, I mean I, I've got to say this. Sorry to Colin to interject. There yeah. was um, they asked Rick Hayward once. This is what what line of business are you in? And he went the inheritance business. I mean, he was he was like that, you know. I've been at, in in uh, meetings with him and talking about players, and you know, putting forward my my proposal to bring in players. Um, and let's say we, we were looking for a centre forward or a, a wide player or whatever, and he'd go, "Oh, couldn't uh, Lee Naylor play there?" And I said, "No, no, no, Rick, he's a defender. He's a left back, like you know." <laughs> And then eventually he'd end up saying, well, he said, my game's not really football, my game's rugger. Oh, right. And I went, well, all right, okay. Yeah. And, and that's what you so were it against, was like, then? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, looking back, it was fantastic times, don't get me wrong. Yes. And really, really, uh, the, <laughs> the stuff was really interesting and really funny. Uh, but when you're involved in it, and you're, you know, you're in that pressure zone... It, 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 at times it's hard you know yeah. it's really really hard and and uh you know it, it, it um i don't know it it was great experience and and being at wolves and doing what i did at wolves both coaching assistant managing and managing was an experience i'll never ever forget and wow. and and uh a fantastic football club to be be involved in and especially to have the opportunity to manage it and and Sir Jack Awood was a, a, a great guy, uh, um, and and uh, my wife and I spent uh, some wonderful evenings with them. At, you know, at the club, up in the in the apartment, getting yeah. fish and chips, delivered, you know, and all that. It's, oh, it's, it's wow. fantastic, you know. That's, that's um, and I, I'll never forget it. And, and uh, you know, we've got wall supporters around the area. I live here. Funny enough, I I. I actually got a, a shirt for one of them a few weeks back because it was uh, she uh, the, the 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 wife called at my door and asked if I could get this a shirt from Wolves um, signed, which I did uh, for his fiftieth birthday. Oh, you know, that's lovely! Uh, uh, and the guy goes from here every single game, travels from Torquay up to to Wolves to to, to see that to see the Wolves play. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we, we touched upon it earlier. Um, you, you you've got a, an interesting business or hobby or whatever you want to call it. It's an expensive hobby behind the scenes uh, where you or did restore stately homes. Well, I re I restored the stately home up there, and then but you know throughout my career really, and it started when I was a player, and we weren't earning the the sort of money they earn now. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't still be doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, it, uh, you know, it's gone from my highest wage at Chelsea of £600 a week um, to now players at Wolves, I believe, earning hundred grand a week and players in the bigger teams earning two hundred grand a week, you know, so, Amazing. you know, it, it's just the way it's gone. But yeah. the point is, was 
you know, the interest rate uh, when I was young was fairly high, uh, but the uh, house house market was buoyant. So, you know, instead of putting uh, money into a bank and getting 10, 12%, whatever it was, I put it into into property and got 20, 25%. Wow. Um, but, but the downfall of that was that every time we bought a property, we moved into it, we'd done it up, we sold it on. And to this day, we're on our 24th property <laughs> of moving. Brilliant. So it well, I say brilliant, easy. I mean, it sounds interesting, <laughs> but... Yeah, but we've developed, a, we built a property down in Torquay, which I'm sat in now, overlooking the sea, and, and um, we're, we're actually just put, we put it on the market. Um, but this will be our final one because I've got two grandchildren now. Um, right, and they're going to take up all the, uh, all the money now. Yeah, we're going to help our children a little bit more and, and then uh, I'm going to develop one more property and then uh, put my feet up. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Colin, you know, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect from today's interview, but what I do know is this is probably, on, on the wolf whistle, this is probably one of the most honest um, interviews that I've ever had and, and, you know, you haven't upset people but you've pulled no punches, you've been completely honest and that's quite refreshing really um, and we, we've had some great interviews but I've really enjoyed that Colin and I want to thank you as well for for, for what you've done for Wolves Um, you know, those two seasons where we were so close, I, I know that, that you'd have been more frustrated than, than, you know, or as frustrated as any of us supporters because you crave that success and it's just a shame that there was things going on behind the scenes that perhaps we couldn't quite know because maybe you'd have got even more support with it, Colin. Um, yeah, it was a difficult period, as we said, and, and uh, you know, supporters don't see that. They just see what happens on the Saturday. And, and uh, you know, I was trying to, um, as I've said, piece together a team. I had to create my own finances to do that. Um, and... You know, when Keeney went, we were third from bottom. We got absolutely slaughtered for that. But I had a obviously a plan which took us to seventh in the league from the bottom of the league. You know, so. Um, but I I don't hold that against anyone. I mean, I I, I you know I, I I follow still follow Wolves. It's fantastic what's going on at the moment. Huh. Um, you know, I haven't been back to Wolves other than uh, Sir Jack's funeral uh, was the last time I was up there. Um, but, you know, I, it would be great to come back up and, and, and uh, experience what's going on now, you know, and, and uh, just, have a, just have a taste of, of success uh, yeah. and, and everything that everyone's been craving for for so many years, you know. And, and hopefully, if we can get this uh, season finished uh, safely, um, there's still a, a, a really good chance they can get into Europe, you know, so it, it's yeah. uh, or the uh, Champions League. So... You know, it'd be an unbelievable achievement. You know. Well, well, I can assure you, Colin. If you did come back to Wolverhampton, you'd be welcome with open arms. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you very much. On the Wolf Whistle today, you've been extremely honest, uh, like I said, and very candid with everything, and you haven't shirked any questions, including the the Arsenal one. So I want to thank you for your time today. I want you to enjoy the rest of your day with your feet up, overlooking the sea, and <laughs> and now you've got your grandkids. You'll know what it's like to tighten the purse. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to do the interview. And um, regards to every single Wolverhampton Wanderers supporter. And uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to take a trip up and, and uh, uh, personally, if you like, see what's see what's happened to a great football club. Of course. Thanks so much for your time, Colin. Thanks very much. Thank you.